personal, personal, personal relationships. Relationships. What's up? We're fucking here. <laughs> What's up, guys? My name is Fiona Renee. I'm Summer Porlacani. And welcome to your radical being. It's finally 2021. We're saying what's up to 2021. We're saying goodbye to 2020. Um, so maybe we should give the audience a little bit about ourselves, what we're here for, uh, recap our, our lives in 2020, and give them an idea of what they can expect for the next couple of episodes. Um, so first and foremost, for those of you who cannot see us, I'm going to describe to you what Summer Porlacani looks like. Um, Summer Porlacani is a kink and poly sex positive therapist, and she's based in Austin, Texas, where her and I met 16, almost 17 years ago. She's got purple and blue hair uh, with black roots, above the eyebrow bangs, cute uh, multicolored glasses, a big, beautiful smile, and a little peach hoodie that says grow through what you go through oh very cute i'm assuming you're sitting in your new living room at your house Mm -hmm. um so that's amazing summer and i have known each other for a very 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 long time uh you want to tell the audience what i look like uh well we have fiona here who's chinese american um she's wearing i think this, we've discussed this. This is not a robe, but like a puffy jacket, a beige a puffy, puffy jacket, yes. a puffy coat in her living room as well um, with a black shirt, straight, straight dark hair. Let's see. What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> you are an actress, I think, first and foremost, which I am dying to talk about um, all the <laughs> exciting stuff that's gone on lately for you. Um, so I will let you take lead there. But you have done a variety of things from voiceover to plays to commercials and can't say what TV shows, but yeah, I can't say but... Stomptown. <laughs> I'm like, mm, censor. <laughs> Not used to that. <laughs> I didn't mention what you were. You're Persian. <laughs> yes. 100%. Usually, literally the first descriptor that I use on like all bios online. I'm like Persian. Persian princess. I'm sorry that I did not mention that. Um, So Summer and I, what, you and I have known each other for 17 years almost now. We met in high school um, multiple times. We met before that. Yeah, I was going to say we've been friends for 16, 17 years, but I feel like it's best that you explain why it took so many times. I just don't have a very good memory. Unless there's like some traumatic PTSD-driven event, there's no reason for me to actually remember it. Um, So Summer was super sweet and lovely every time I met her, and so therefore I never remembered. Uh, Until the third time when we were in uh, summer school together, and that's that's its own episode. So this particular podcast, Your Radical Being... Um, is a mixture between Summer and I together as friends talking about what we do, what we believe in, and hopefully that can help some other people out there because the growth that we've gone through over the past couple of years is really um, detrimental. Yeah, but not in a horrible way. Yeah. <laughs> it was just very, I mean, there's some trauma there, but, uh, you know, we're happy about it. Um, yeah. You've moved so. countless times. I have never left. We've both gotten married and divorced. Like, it's it's been a wild ride. Both of us are at the, I think, the peak of our careers at the moment so Aww. yeah we have uh daughters that are named the same Lily. yeah 
Our daughters are, are furry. Uh, yes. We both have feline daughters, um, both with the same name, like she said, Lily. That was not on purpose. That was um, by total accident. And yes. I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'd like to say that our careers will continue to peak after this. I hope that this isn't the the end-all, be-all peak. Um, so like you, you did a podcast and everything crashed and burned after that. <laughs> Uh, but I think I've been developing a acting slash life curriculum for the past about five years called Method for Being. And uh, Summer has been amazingly being a therapist. Would you say your main therapy outlook is about radical authenticity? Yeah, like people come to me for sex therapy or, you know, my specific niche of like BDSM or non-monogamy. Um, but in all of that, in whatever reason anyone comes to therapy, um, self-love and radical authenticity is is what I preach. I did not just raise the roof. I did yeah, raise the roof. Okay, it's 1996. Little did anyone yeah. know. Anyway, so your radical being came from uh, Summer's radical authenticity and my method for being together in a little friendship baby here made just for you guys. So welcome to our podcast. Um, so let's talk about 2020. Before we move on to some specifics, next episode and future episodes are going to consist of lots of sex, drugs, rock and roll, uh, childhood trauma. Secret. I was like, this sounds way cooler than it is. And then he said childhood trauma. And I was like, all right, more accurate. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, what yeah. is sex, drugs and rock and roll other than my childhood trauma? So <laughs> I would assume I would assume we want to start off with just saying goodbye to 2020. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, uh, did you see the movie Death to 2020 on Netflix? I saw it last oh, night. I recommended it. Oh, God. That movie and Soul. Those are my... Uh, I, those I, are I've my heard I heard that's a little intense, and I'm not ready for that right now. I'm like More just trying to preserve... More Death to 2020? Uh, I mean, emotionally, maybe. I don't yeah. know. But, I mean, we know me. Every Pixar movie, like the short before the movie has me like ugly crying. So, <laughs> considering how many people I've seen post about Soul, I'm like, we're going to have to wait for that until uh. Mama's got a little bit more energy to spare with her tears. <laughs> so... I mean, 2020 yeah, but... was basically like a baby of those two films, truly. Oh, beautiful. Well, I mean, it is because it was just yeah. an emotional wreck where you realize <laughs> that you're not in control of anything and you're just floating around in this uh, Picasso-driven world. And uh, that's a sole reference. Plus the death to 2020 film, which was all the actuality of the events that happened. Yeah. Talk about a year of trauma. Um, yeah, no joke. When they did their little timeline, I was like, that was all in 2020. Right? <laughs> and that wasn't even everything. But I know I've had, I've got some family in Oklahoma, some family in Texas where you are, Summer. I've got some uh, family in Taiwan. And everyone's kind of handling things differently. But now that it's 2021, you think you think things are immediately changed or? No, not at all. <laughs> what? That's um, the thing we have. Going forward, yes, more than backwards. But uh, there was this thing I saw on Instagram the other day, which, you know, how many times are we going to say that going forward? But like, <laughs> it was like 12 things that make you an empath. And I was like, all of all but one of them I checked off and, and it was like strong desire for like human will or so. I don't fucking remember what it said. It was basically like whether you had any faith in humanity, but not worded that way. And I was like, oh, no, that's not the one that I'm checking. Out. We've lost. <laughs> we've lost faith in humanity. Summer has lost faith in humanity over 2020. Yeah. I uh, 
I, I mean, I got sober in 2020. Yes, you did. And yes, so. You fucking did. Over 100 days now, man. Yeah, we, we had like 111 days, 112 days now. So, and for me, I've noticed that 2020 was a year of people to fall or people to rise. Yeah. And if you fall, that's a great thing because your next step is to rise. <laughs> so There's you're kind of one way. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of killing it no matter what, you guys. 2020 yeah. is as much as we think that it might be like, you know, a lost cause and we have no hope and it's all over from here. I think we needed it. That's the key, right? Like in order yeah. to be reborn, we must let ourselves die. Yeah. And so I mean, I think that's like the message of 2020 is that yeah. like if you haven't let yourself die yet, you got until the end of January. <laughs> of 2021 or else you know you might as well just write off 2021 as well yeah i know like find a place that you are comfortable staying in for a while like i just did so yeah you moved uh, you moved out of your your long time apartment yeah the first place i moved uh here's here's one lily um don't worry guys we will introduce our cats oh yeah climbing up my body uh probably every episode but um what was i saying uh moved Oh, I moved. Yeah, it was the place I moved into when Ben and I separated, who is my, I guess, obviously my ex-husband. Um, um, just, cheers I was cheers like, to our ex-husbands. They are both so lovely. Um, they are both so lovely. Yeah, I have so much love for your ex-husband. It's probably a little too much, but, you know, probably my, more than my I gift do. and curse <laughs> is like <laughs> loving too hard. But yeah, no, I grew into the person I am today in that apartment that I was in for three and a half years. Like, I don't know the person anymore that moved into the place. Yeah. She long gone. Like, that doctor regenerated several times. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, but I am now in a uh, two-story duplex, three bedrooms for me, my dog, and my cat. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is too much space for one tiny individual. Uh, yes. For those of you that don't know, Summer's like 110 pounds and like five foot three. She's literally the size of my left thigh. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of crazy that her space could fit 19,000 of her in it. But I think you need it. You know, you've been heavily, you've got an immune deficiency. So you've been heavily quarantined, very safe. Yeah, straight up solitary confinement. Yeah. <laughs> like the occasional masked and distant hangout, but like in the last few months, not even that. Like I let some, I let one person penetrate my bubble after some negotiating and some just space. her bubble, just her yeah, bubble, exactly. But um, yeah, no, I think like before that, it was like this summer was the last time I was around anyone maskless. The first person I was maskless to go around was you after you and I had both like hardcore quarantined oh, yeah. for two months, and that was a thing, away. right? Let's talk about that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people had uh, some friendships really get questioned um, over 2020 because of their one, of course, their beliefs on whether to mask, whether not to, whether or not they you know, should get vaccines, all of these kind of moral, political, unfortunately, opinions, you know, yeah. choices, beliefs that can really drive a hard line between relationships. That was this year. So oh, yeah, I had a COVID breakup. Let's not forget that. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel like our friendship really kind of, I mean, we've faced so many things together, but this was the year where it's like, we realized there's nothing we can't do. Um, yeah. Because I yeah. came down there, I drove from California to Texas and I was as careful as possible, but I did see a couple of people before I saw Summer and, you know, we were masked, but it was a scary ordeal and you pushed yourself 
Yeah. I mean, you yeah. pushed yourself into into not your comfort zone. You made yourself very uncomfortable so we could spend time together. <laughs> very not okay by the end of the trip. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a little too much time with you, like outside of my house. Like, I love you, but I... Yeah, basically what happened was Fiona decided to drive 30 hours with our other friend, Austin. Um, it's 30 hours, right? From yeah, LA yeah, to about. Austin. Yeah, yeah. Um, came to Austin to go to a little tiny cabin getaway that I was supposed to take with the partner that I ended up breaking up with because of COVID. Um, like, yeah, like, let's go to Wimberley after driving 30 hours. And so we went there for the weekend. And then that was probably when I should have like gone home. And then uh, <laughs> instead, we went to the beach and stayed at your dad's best friend's condo yeah that was and i did not leave yeah there was a moment where you were like i should probably end the trip now but we're gonna keep going yeah yeah i like sat outside of the condo after we arrived like in the car just being like do i take like a ride share but that's crazy don't do that like (laughs) like like what should i do should i stay and then stayed and did not leave the condo whatsoever and we discussed we discussed whether or not you would drive yourself um and for some reason it would be a lot more fun i mean what's a road trip when people drive separate you know yeah yeah. what is that yeah so we were like let's have more fun together and we got drove me was eco-friendly i was like it's better for the environment (laughs) if we share a car (laughs) that was like what drove it for me bless you but your immunity you know your health yeah So we got down there and, you know, I can be kind of a dick sometimes. I can be a little bit of a dick sometimes. She's nodding. She's doing a slight nod. She's not going to do a heavy nod out of respect. But yeah, I deserve the slight In a kinky world, you're on the left side of the slash. Not saying that dominant people are assholes by any means. Uh, But when it comes to our power dynamic, I'm definitely the more, uh, I want to say meek. Let's just. uh, She's uh, a bottom. I'm the. Oh, yeah. Well, Yeah. (laughs) I was going to be like, follower, uh, you're the leader, but yeah. Yeah, there was a moment where I was like, what the fuck, Summer? What are you doing? Just get inside, you know? And she's like, I need to take this this space. I need you to give me some space. I'm, I need to set a boundary here so I can decide what's best for me. And, yeah. you know, I got a lot of respect for that because if anything, it taught me how to do that which the second half of 2020 after that trip, when I got sober, when I put some boundaries between me and some other friendships, I really learned from you by having the Mm -hmm. balls to be able to say, hey, uh, I know that this is really uncomfortable right now and I don't really know how to make it more comfortable, but what I'm gonna need to do is I'm gonna need to say, let's take a pause, yes, let's take a pause and let me put down a boundary so I can decide what's best for me right now. Can you please respect that? And yeah, that, that did not go very well, I think. It's uh, hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard you did to- it, but it's not well received, like, most of the time. Often. Yeah. So, and that usually is an indicator that that's where you definitely needed boundaries, like, right? You know, if based someone- on how someone responds to it. Just like, <laughs> thank you for proving my fucking point. And now we're just going to be uncomfortable <laughs> for a hot minute. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I think that's a testimony. Um, or a testament to our relationship over the years, especially since, you know, this past year of being able to kind of really learn how to set boundaries. And the minute you set that boundary with me and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I went upstairs, <laughs> you know, five minutes later, five seconds later, I was like, okay, whatever she needs to do. 
Whatever yeah. it is that she needs to do for her, I support and I will back. And if I, that means I need to have find her a taxi to go home or an Uber or if that really means that I have to drive back, that's what that means. But we just have to be able to get to a place where we can discuss it and no matter what, I support it. And yeah. if I really want to take my trip and I really want to be at the beach, then I can take her back and I can come back. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, there's always another option for both parties to get what they need. Um, it just might take a bit more time. Some but people the radical really... acceptance there is so fucking real. Like I've seen so much support from the people in my life, especially you this year. Like <laughs> knowing each other as long as we have, like I, I'm constantly like, what other friendship level up can we have? Like, you know, like, is it even fucking possible at this point? And then like, you know, every year surprises us. And, you know, the radical acceptance that I saw here was yeah, it's, I'm not going to cry on this episode, but I'm surely, I'm sure I will uh, at some point, if not often. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you had, you showed so much empathy. And so to take it back to the, I lost faith in humanity. And yes, I'm a therapist who does not like humans, but like, <laughs> I think most of my clients know that though, because uh, I am definitely not an optimist, <laughs> even in our sessions. But I think that that's what we need. Like, America was never great, but America can get there if we have more empathy. That's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Empathy is everything. And, you know, a lot of people, my dad and I talked so often about the difference between empathy and sympathy. And mm -hmm. even Austin, the one that went with us to the coast, him and I and another friend sat down to have boba one day and play board games. And uh, that person really was able to say, I have sympathy for you, but I need to understand uh, so that I can have empathy. You know, it's a weird catch-22. I need to have empathy so I can understand. I need to understand so I can have empathy, which comes first, the chicken or the yeah. egg. But it's actually, it's there's actually an answer, I feel like. Empathy comes with trust. And mm. trust comes with not needing to understand or know. Yeah. It's about the unknown. It's about going, I don't know, but I still trust and yeah, that and I still bridge. support you. What yeah. do you need? Like, I think we look for solutions so much that we don't even ask the questions. Like, I am the worst person to talk to about death and grief. And then, you know, the best thing that I can only ever come up with is like, I, I don't know what that's like, or I don't know what to say. And then just like embracing that because there have been times where I've avoided, I've avoided being there for someone because I'm like, I surely am not going to be the person that can best comfort them. I don't have the words. And then in that it's, it's taught me a lesson, like not talking to a friend after her dog died right after my dog died. So let's talk about the discomfort that brought up for me again and the mm -hmm. grief that had come up for me again. And the assumption that she wanted space after that kind of tragic loss that she had just experienced. And then uh, it turns out everyone in her life had given her space. So she was basically oh. left completely alone, oh. nobody checking on her. And Brene Brown talks about this. She was like, you know, is that for your comfort or is it for their comfort? And we think it's for theirs, but it's really mine, right? Yeah, like, we're I'm projecting. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to talk to anybody. And that she probably just won't like anything that I have to offer. It's not going to be enough. And, you know, I think we need to embrace I don't know more. Like we've seen the yes man movies and the like say no more for personal space and boundaries. And I'm like, I just want to embrace I don't know. I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. And that's <laughs> yeah. the thing about time again. It's like we feel like we're supposed to have an answer now. We need yeah. to we need to make a decision. We need to make action. We have to keep going. Life is so short. Blah 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 blah. But realistically, yeah. like our intuition kicks in and our gut tells us what we need to do once we go, 
I don't know. Let me just sit on it for a minute. Yes. Let me just feel it out. How many things could we go back in time and rewind, which obviously like it is what it is, but like, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, something that came up in a relationship, like something that happened, a conversation that needed to be had where people, I think, kind of force the path because they feel like they need to have an answer or they, you know, hope that this is the best answer. You know, honestly, it's like, without the malicious intent, like they really do think that this is, um, you know, the right thing in that moment. But if really, if we just sat down and thought about it, or just gave each other space, like, where would that relationship have gone naturally? You know, what does that path look like naturally? You know, and I've noticed too, that it's not that they're wrong. I just want to say some people are right. Uh, In regards to me getting sober this year, I was a marijuana and tobacco addict. I loved to dabble and snort and do all the all the fun things. Alcohol wasn't really ever a thing for me. I got the Asian glow. But um, but I was smoking, you know, 20 spliffs a day. And I got to a place where I needed to get sober. Well, a hundred people for a hundred days before that said, you need to quit smoking. They were right. They were right. But at no point, and anyone in sobriety will tell you, you cannot tell someone they have to get sober. You can't dictate what you think someone should do and expect them to hear you. It will never happen. They'll only be able to hear themselves make their own decision. And the only way that they'll do that is to have what you just said, that space, that time, that internal intuition to say it themselves. Yeah, like full autonomy, not trying to like exceed someone else's expectations or think that it's going to like, you know, help keep something or what if you lose something like it's just I think a lot of those decisions are also based out of fear. Like it's like the typical, you know, the alcoholic fucks up, says that they're going to go to rehab and like as a promise to the loved one. And then like, you know, they they're not in it. They're not there because they're scared that they'll disappoint someone as opposed to saying, I feel brave and this is the choice that I'm making. Or I'm fucking scared and terrified, but I also am brave by still doing like the, Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite quotes. I am also just side note for anyone who's not been to my house. What? who's been in my fucking house this year, but like, you know, uh, I have my bathroom mirror has like literally 40 post-its full of quotes and like things that I want to remember so many, um, maybe I'll upload a photo or something on Instagram, but it's a little intense. Uh, I've been told, uh, one of my favorite post-its that I look at every day is the quote, courage is not the absence of fear. Like there's mantras and affirmations and quotes that have like gotten me to where I am today. And that is one of the the top ones. I'm raising the roof again for you. Yo, what's I'm going to be all about the, the roof yes. and the finger guns. It's, it's a little I'm much, but yeah. I don't think you can have bravery without fear. What's there to yeah. be brave of? Like, how do you, you know, that's just, it's almost impossible. So, um, but yeah, fear being a great motivator for some of us. Yeah. It's sitting in it. Right. Um, yeah. so let's say, let's give some death to 2020. Let's grieve that year. Uh, let's sit in the discomfort of everything we felt and, and go grow through what, through what yeah. we go through. We're growing, yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, our radical beings are growing, and so will your radical being. So next week, check in with us. Make sure that you uh, log on, listen to your favorite podcast, Your Radical Being. We're going to talk about some sex and some drugs and some people and some bad decisions and some grief and all the good stuff. So um, if you've got a topic that you want us to talk about, make sure you send us a, a little shout on our Instagram page, your.radical.being. 
uh, anywhere you're looking for us. We'll be there. Signing off. Bye.